0: Hello and welcome to the Foothills Deeper Pod, a podcast for all of us looking to bring more love and more courage into our daily lives. I'm Reverend Elaine, one of your hosts, and it is so good to be with you in this late October time across many cultures and traditions. This end of October, early November time period is a time to connect with those who have gone before us. It is a time when the veil between the seen and the unseen, between the living and the beloved dead, that veil is thin. And each year, during the changing of the seasons, as the days get shorter and as the leaves fall, we set aside a Sunday to remember those who've gone before us, a day to remember our ancestors, our loved ones who have died. And we take time to feel that tender thread that connects us with them still, that thread that reminds us that our loved ones are still with us, even though they are also beyond this world. And this year's service of Remembrance included a conversation with two Foothills members, Joyce and Michael Trujillo, about their experiences of grief and loss and the nature of our ongoing connection with those who have died. I'm so grateful that Joyce and Michael were so generous with their time and their energy to join us for that service. I had actually initially reached out to them to maybe offer a poem or offer just a simple reflection for the service and then I thought I would write a sermon to go along with it. But as we met to talk about that idea, it just felt so clear that they were the people who were supposed to deliver our message that morning. They have so much wisdom to share. And so Joyce and Michael were willing to have a conversation with me this past Sunday in the service, which I'm about to share with you in this episode. They have endured many losses throughout their lives, but the loss that we primarily discuss in this conversation is the sudden loss of their son, Tyler, who died on February 16th, 2003 at age 18. Tyler was a passenger in a car, and he was killed when the car went off the road. I'm so grateful for Joyce and Michael's open-hearted generosity in sharing their experiences. Let's turn now to our conversation. We're grateful for your willingness to share your learnings and your experiences with us. I know uh, our worship theme for the past month or so is all about first times. And the journey of grief is really, in some ways, could be framed as just an ongoing succession of first times. So I thought perhaps we could start our conversation this morning um, with you sharing about some first times after Tyler's death that really stand out for you.
1: Okay, well, uh, Tyler was killed... um, in 2003, February of 2003. So it, it's been a little over 20 years. So I do remember the very first time we, I went to the grocery store after he was killed, I had no idea that I would be so overwhelmed with the grief I started crying, I had to leave the store, Um, certain things. And at the time, Joyce and I were attending meetings with um, compassionate friends, and they were all about parents who had lost children. And I was a little upset, shall we say, with the group by telling them, why didn't anyone give me a heads up about the grocery store? And they all kind of sat there like, "Oops." <laughs> but uh, yes, very overwhelming. Um, you know, it was it was still a, still an open wound in my my heart.
2: Well, I guess our first t- well, the first time. Um planning a funeral <laughs> the way I had to and Michael, it was, and they said to really bring the children into it. And uh, and that's when I really realized about how we learn about grieving is we have to go back to how we learned to, to grieve, to say hello to it, and so we can go forward to say goodbye to our grief. And bringing the kids in, we, Tyler was a big boy, and he built a giant catapult. So we lo- His best friend since kindergarten, now they're 18, came with his pickup truck, loaded Hugo, the catapult, up, and we brought it to the Catholic Church. So that was probably the first time the Catholic Church ever had a catapult. <laughs>
1: yeah. It so, was the second time that catapult was in the back of the pickup truck, and I had to tell the boys, the that time. ain't going nowhere.
2: <laughs> yeah, they would get I, into-
1: I mean, this thing would launch liter bottles over 100 yards. So it was it was
2: <laughs> So we just, yeah, so I guess that's when I learned that there, we had to really have humor. And it's hard to laugh, but having Hugo there just sort of put people in that mood that when they walked in the church, you know, this is Tyler's personality. So I think bringing the spirit of that person into the everyday that was my first time really realizing I really have to keep that part of it
1: and tyler was well the whole family i used to drag him to fireworks and i'd get so close that we could feel the ashes in our head coming down when the but the very first year that tyler wasn't with Joyce and I watching fireworks at City Park. Yes, he was definitely missed. And uh, I should add real quick here, my dad died on the 5th, the day after, the very first day that Tyler uh, was killed. Uh, and, And I'll go on a little bit about grief and suffering but we were at my dad's service i was one of the well, i was the um, only son so i was an usher and i was seeing cousins and friends and and people coming to see my dad's uh pay my dad's respect and uh i I was glad to see him I, i was happy And I get a tap on my shoulder. One of my sisters said, mom wants to see you. Okay, what do you want, mom? And she says, you're not sad. (laughs) Well, I'll put it to you this way. Mom, I'm not sad. I know what sad is and I am not sad.
0: Are there first times that happened after the first year? I think we often think of all those firsts in the year after a death. Um, I'm curious about first times that came after that.
2: Yeah, that's the part of the grief that kind of I had to learn about. And I, I just recently talked about this with one of my daughters about grief You think, because people, it was like three mason jars, and there was a ball, and it showed three balls getting smaller. And they said that's what people think grief is, that it gets smaller, but the ball stays the same, and the jar got bigger. And I think that's really where I learned that grief is always there, and there's, there's this, they call it a grief burst. And about 18 years ago, I just really, I was just talking about something and I went right back to that first moment and it just sort of is shocking how grief is still there. And I think that's what we do. Because people will say, oh, does it get better? Yeah, and you're just like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> like, it's always there mm-hmm. and it becomes a part of your life because it is love yeah. and love doesn't go away. So that ball is always there the ball is there, but your
0: life kind of expands around yes. it. Is that those mason jars? Yes. Yeah. So. That's a beautiful metaphor.
1: Yeah, I was never one much for dates, like the day he died, uh, his birth date, or whatever. I was more instances, like, for instance, A couple of years later, I went into Jack's um, outdoor world, and uh, same thing. I I teared up, had to leave the store, and I didn't go back there for years. Um, It was something Tyler and I used to do, be a nuisance of ourselves at the telescope department or the camera department or the binoculars holy smokes did we spend time there and the guy's rolling his eyes because he knows we're not going to buy binoculars (laughs) (laughs) we're just playing with them you know but uh yeah there's um certain instances uh i had motorcycles that i had built clear back in the 70s believe it or not i was one of those guys but uh I told, always put them away when the kids were growing up and everything. And I used to tell Tyler, "This one's yours, you know, because you're too big for this one." I, I, but uh, as things go, uh, he never got—he never got to ride one. So, like I said, certain things. Yeah, he was missing.
0: They brought up his absence.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: (laughs) I'm curious, you know, I know that for so many of us, when we know that someone in our lives has experienced a loss, we want to do the right things, show up in the right way, say the right words, and sometimes, especially when it's a catastrophic loss, we're also terrified that we're going to Mess up, or maybe we're even scared to um, approximate someone who's had a big loss. And I wonder what did you, what do you want us to know that you found comforting or helpful when people approached you after Tyler's death?
2: Yeah, um, even now I love when people ask what his name was, because and I've talked about any loss early loss to late loss. There is love, there's a name. Mm -hmm. And um, every year I would get these cards. There's a group in town and they do um, bereavement cards. You write them for someone who has lost a child on the birthday and the death date. And I would receive these cards. And this year I started writing those cards in January. And it is just so powerful to write because sometimes you say there are no words, and there really aren't. But when you write the name, mm-hmm. and, the, and that really gives power to the love. You, you have recognized this loss and this grief. And, and that's just it. Say the name, tell the stories. If you remember something, write them, you know, or bring it up. Because that's really what you, I don't know, that's just heartfelt. Don't say God needed another angel. <laughs> Don't ever say that. <laughs> that that's How does that the one feel? thing. That just and people still say that to people. I just a friend of mine recent has a recent loss of her daughter <laughs> yeah. and she Yeah, and I'm just and I go, people still say that after yeah. all these years. Yeah. But that's what we're taught that they're needed somewhere or they're happy you know they're happier how do you know that you don't know that.
1: yeah if god needed another angel then he got the wrong one (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: was tyler not always
2: angelic
1: (laughs) well he didn't come to church with wings on
2: I don't know, but he did like to make you laugh. I was sure, the night Tyler died, I just thought, I'm never gonna laugh again. But we came home and I, I just pulled this calculus book out wow. and he had written a story about himself in there, Detective Trujillo and the Margarita Bar. And I just thought, oh my gosh, you made me laugh. It, you know, so I think that's really what our loved ones want. If they want us, they want rest in pieces for us, the living, you know?
0: Will you share a little more with us about your ongoing connection with Tyler, even after he's gone?
1: It borders on paranormal. Okay. I mean, seriously, he, um, you know, everything that happens, I can almost say he's playing a trick on me. (laughs) I mean, he did one. He did when he was alive. I just assumed that he's still doing it. I mean, I've ha- I had some big for instances, especially in the early years. Um, I can go on, but...
0: Share an example with us, would you?
1: Okay. I, it was a Sunday. It was within a month after he died. And I was a maintenance guy at a brewery. And I was on the keg line, so when things crashed, they got hurt. time so anyway we had this guardrail that was supposed to keep kegs in and four trucks out that took a beating pretty bad and it and it had bolts it had I I mean these were five-eighths inch bolts that I mean take a, a big wrench and everything so it took a beating so I unbolted it took it to the main shop um, and straightened it out in the press and everything and brought it back and all the bolts were gone. They they were missing and I'm thinking, okay, the, the guys on Sunday were cleaning up and they took the bolts so I had to get new ones and whatever and um, so the next day the line is running, four trucks running everywhere, kegs going by and whatever And I looked on the ground, and there was all the hardware that I had taken off the day before. And I'm thinking, you little critter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, little. He stood stood about three inches taller than me and outweighed me. But I still say, you better hope I live forever. (laughs)
2: Because
1: me and you are going to have a talk. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Joyce, is there something you'd like to share about your
2: continued connection with Tyler? Yeah. Well, Tyler died on a full moon. So every month, uh, it's they, Michael takes a picture of the full moon because it's something they did. In fact, his headstone is a full moon. But um, we have signs up um, by the reservoir. When I first called to put a please drive safely sign, the man said those signs don't work. And I'm like, well, that's really not what this is about. And two years later, we got a sign up there, and they told me it would be down in six years, and it's been there 15. (laughs) So it's still there. And we, let's see, we adopted part of Lee Martinez Park, and we have a bench there, and we put a tree, and we just... I mean, we just did things like that. So I have a place to go. And um, I don't know, he's just always close. I I, I think all, you know, I look over at our altar here and these people just are just love. This is, I can just feel what's coming.
1: They are not gone.
2: Yeah. They're it's, in
1: people's hearts forever.
2: Yeah. And it's in our brain. I think, you know, the brain is a big part of grieving and a learning, and once they're in your brain, they're never gone. They're always in us. Oh. That's powerful. You know, I was driving up to
0: Horsetooth just yesterday and saw the sign, so I just wanna alert everyone here, the next time you're going up to Horsetooth, you'll see a sign that says, in memory of Tyler Nicholas Trujillo, and that's Tyler. Yeah. Yep. So we can all look out for Tyler and connect with him, with yeah. you.
2: Yes, thank you.
0: Uh, you've been married for 43 years. <laughs> what, are your th- what thoughts would you like to share with us about navigating grief as a couple?
2: It was a lot. <laughs> I mean, in the beginning, it really was. But um, at 40 years, we renewed our vows. Mm-hmm. And that was a big thing. Because I didn't, you know... I, there's a false statement out there that people who have lost children end up divorced, and that's really not true. And I think that was the main thing, is like, well, that's not gonna, we had so many much respect and values. We
1: were in therapy within a week.
2: Okay, yeah, there was that too. <laughs> Let's be honest. And there,
1: there's a reason. Yeah. Because we were on such different yeah. Pages of this uh, very big. It was the biggest thing in my life, and we were going different directions. It it was big, and so we knew well, we didn't have to. We could have let it split, but it was like no. If if we're going to continue, we we need help. Yeah, and so could, so we did. We yeah we got help. But, um, you know, we lost somebody different. She, she lost this perfect little boy, and I knew better. <laughs> you know? It, 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 if somebody breaks into your house, okay, it, you know, they're, they're going to take this, they're going to take that, they're going to ransack whatever, and I'm going to look around and say, oh, man, you know, they, they took... You know my three eighths inch wrench, yeah, you know, or or something like that. And she lost Grandma's picture, and it's like, who cares about Grandma's picture? And she's gonna say, you've got other wrenches. So it's that's how something like this works. She lost this perfect little boy, and I lost my my reason to call the school every Wednesday and say, what does Tyler need by Friday? You know, I'm, you know. Uh, but uh that's how it works. <laughs>
0: that's so instructive though that you you all lost to the same Tyler, but the shape of your losses was really unique to each person.
1: Yes.
2: Yeah, I think that's key. Yeah. Under giving each other that space. Mhm.
1: And to respect it. And
0: to respect
2: it. And not try to like say no we have to be on the same page. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I could ask you questions for the rest of the day, but I know we have a worship service here. So I just want to ask you, is there uh, something on your heart that you'd like to offer, just as a a closing thought?
1: When When I started at the brewery, I was one of the very early ones. And there were a group of 10 of us, and they went alphabetically. So my seniority was the last one. But as things go, there were three of us that did hire in on the same day. And if you believe in coincidence, it's one thing, but I don't anymore. All three of us lost a son. Uh, I don't even know what to think about that.
0: What did, how did that impact your work environment to work with other, peop-
1: other bereaved parents? Um, you know, at first, when this one guy lost his son, it was like, oh, you know. And then the other guy lost his son. And I'm thinking, holy smokes. Not that I was waiting for this shoe to drop, but... Um, but it did, yeah, it was it was weird.
0: were you able to offer each other space or support? you know what did that looked like
1: I don't know because one in case anybody's wondering i I, I facilitate a um, a dad's group, and this is for dads who have lost um, children and Dads do it separately. Dads do it differently. I don't know how else to explain it. But in my case, I just wanted space. I didn't want hugs. I didn't want sympathy. I didn't want nothing. I just need some space. And uh, yeah, I, I, at the time, I didn't know what they were going through. And when it was my turn, I just wanted some space.
0: Thanks, Michael. Joyce, a parting thought for us or is there anything else you want us
2: to know? Well, I just I like a, I appreciate having a remembrance day. Yeah. So we can share these memories and talk openly and make grief a, a no, not normal but part of our conversation, not that we only keep it during you know, the funeral and that's it and you're over with it. So if you have a story or a memory of somebody, please share it with them. Mm-hmm. That's my thing. Say their name, always.
1: That's big. Uh, occasionally we'll see one of Tyler's uh, schoolmates uh-huh. and, and they will have a story. And boy, oh boy, that just. Yeah.
0: If somebody's wondering, you know, so much time has passed, or I just barely knew the person, would the parents even be interested? What is your advice um, to that person? Just say it. Yeah. 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 Please share. Joyce and Michael, we love you, and we're so grateful to you for sharing with us this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so grateful for this conversation with Joyce and Michael, and I'm so grateful to you, listener, for joining us today. As our time together comes to a close, in this time of year when the veil between the living and the dead becomes so thin, may we embrace the expanding darkness, and may we find in the darkness a place of solace and renewal. May we hold all our beloveds close those in this world and those beyond this world. May we speak the words that need to be said. May we say their names. May we share our stories. May we remember. May we forgive. May we stay connected and dare to keep on loving with open hearts. Thank you so much for making time to join this week's episode of the Foothills Deeper Pod. If you have a moment, it would mean a lot if you could leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts, or if there's somebody in your life who you think would resonate with the big questions we're wrestling with here, please send them a link to this episode. Spread the word. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so
2: glad you joined us.